what is up kingdom cloud chasers welcome back to the kingdom cloud podcast it's been a while it's been a very long long time since we uh, got together and like spoke you know and <laughs> to be honest with you i think we are preparing we're heading towards a season where the kingdom cloud podcast might go away for a while but the only difference is that this time you guys are going to know about it i <sighs> lately have been dealing with the conviction of um having a personal relationship the whole mission and the whole argument of the podcast is um um gaining approval with god you know and that also in a sense talks to the essence to to talks about like being intimate and having a one-on-one relationship with him you know and to be honest i think the more i share my own experiences and the more i try to come on this podcast and have public platforms where i speak about my relationship with god the less special it feels sometimes you know i i don't know Maybe I'm being weird or I'm not being fair. I don't know. But like, you know, when you have like a favorite song, a song that you really, really love, man, and you want to just keep it to yourself, you know, like think about the songs that you liked only because you're the only one who knew them. And I feel like I'm at that stage with my relationship with God where I don't necessarily want to tell you guys every miracle that happens in my life. And I don't want to tell you every testimony or every little detail that God does for me. You know, sometimes I just want to have things that are just for me and God. I want to have songs that are just for me and God. And I want to have experiences that are just for me and God. Like, I don't want to have to feel obligated to tell the world about them. You know, I mean, I want to brag on Jesus for sure, but like, I want to feel comfortable even if I have things that are just for me and him. You know, like we have our own inside jokes in a way, if that makes sense. But I think it does because... I know as humans, we have this feeling engineered into us, you know, like God made us this way for a reason. I think we all have that thing that we just want to keep between either ourselves or between us and one other person. You know, they are like that intimate and that personal. So with me, I feel like I'm in that season where I just want to, you know, yeah. A while ago, I remember one of my, one of my favorite um, uh, pastors I don't know, I don't even remember because I haven't listened to her in a while. I don't know if she's a pastor or what. But Priscilla Shire once talked about on a sermon of hers, she talked about how um, zebras, which which are a herd traveling animal, meaning they travel with a herd and in a, in a group of numbers, right? Um, so when a mother zebra gives birth to a baby, whatever the baby Uncle, you know, lions have calves and what, what. I don't know what, what zebras have. Let's call it a calf. I think it's a calf. I'm not sure. When the, the, the mother zebra gives birth to her calf, she takes the calf away and they isolate, meaning just her and her calf are taken away. And while they are gone and they're separated from the herd, um, because zebras look so much alike and it's hard to distinguish them, um, the, the reason the mother takes it away is so that the baby can know its mother, its mother's voice, the its mother's stripes and its pattern. So the mother can know its own. I mean, 
the baby can know its mother. So it won't end up running to the wrong things or, the, you know, and I feel like I'm in that season, you know. I, I, you know, pride was starting to tell me that, Lunga, you are like deep in this Christian thing and you you got it now. You don't need time alone. You don't need to isolate, you know. You, you got this, you know. But I'm realizing <laughs> pride is the devil, man. I'm realizing that that's so false and I desperately need time alone with just me and my father. So um, in a way, what I'm saying is, firstly, y'all are going to be hearing a lot less from me. I know y'all haven't heard from me in like so long already. I This is the first episode of the year. It's the first episode in probably over a year. I don't want to lie. I don't know how long it's been, but we've been gone for a while. And I just came back and I'm telling y'all that I'm going to be disappearing. Yes. But at the same time, I'm still like trying to understand the season God is calling me to. I don't know if he's saying like, don't speak at all. Or he's saying, um, speak, but just don't share everything, you know, but it, whatever he says, nah, that's what I'm going to do. And if that means I'm going to, this is the last episode, let's have a good one, you know, cause I have, I have a word, I have a word that's been like sneaking its way into my life for the entirety of 2023 um i think i've said this on past episodes that like when the holy spirit ministers to me the way he speaks to me and teaches me works in seasons and there've been seasons of my life where specific messages were being taught to me by the holy spirit you know and this past season of my life has been about newness of life exits and entrances yeah to sum it up that's what i'd call it you know um i remember at some point there was a season about that was talking against ambition then there was when i started the podcast i was in a season where i was being taught about um what's this seeking god's approval over the approval of man you know and all of it it's building up and this one season connects all these things so beautifully and so amazingly, so, yeah, you know, so going into a new year, um, on TikTok, I found this, like, uh, Bible study planner thingy, um, and it was just a bunch of verses that were talking about new things, like, you know that verse, that Second Corinthians something, okay, I'm not, it's in Corinthians, but, like, it says, behold, ah, the 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 old the old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. Wait, I have it written written down because it's part of what I'm going to talk about. Let me look for it. I'm sorry. Um, it is okay. No, I don't have it written down. I thought I did. I thought I did. Oh, I know why I thought that now. But I don't have it written down. But that verse, you know, verses like that, verses that just talk about new seasons, new beginnings, new, 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 right? And then God spoke to me not the holy spirit led me to verses let me i don't like it when people say god spoke to me because that's kind of you can lie and you can make it sound like god said things he didn't say so let me say it like this the holy spirit led me to certain verses certain gospel music and certain things that all had to do with new beginnings but the highlighted thing the thing he was highlighting for me is that before there can be a new thing we have to let go of the old we have to let go of the past the mistakes, whatever is behind us, we have to kind of 
burn the ships. And I have a friend of mine, one of my best friends. Every time I say that, because I like saying that um, this time I'm burning the ships, meaning there's no way back. I'm burning bridges, meaning there's no way back. And they always correct me on some like, uh, don't say that. That sounds so permanent, you know? And I think now I realize why I like that thing so much, because that's how it should be. I think the expectation of Jesus Christ is that he does want us to burn bridges and he does want us to burn the ships, meaning that we can't go back. You know, he wants to be our only plan. He doesn't want us to have a plan B, a plan C, a plan nothing. He just wants us to fully depend on him and have no backup and have no other thing to fall back on except for him. He wants to be our crutch and our cast and our Whatever support we have, he wants to be it all. He wants to be our cheerleader, our father, our shepherd, our guide. He wants the whole Japan. He doesn't want us to depend on any other thing but him. That's why the Bible says that childlike faith is what we need. Because children are fully dependent on their parents, you know, like in so many ways. Um, I don't even want to get into that because I actually still have a lot to say about the topic that i want to talk about today which is yeah so which is exits you know and if you look at the bible i'm speaking very differently because i'm a new me man and this is what i mean about like the secret place there's something about being spending time alone with god that gives you a new confidence a new you know and i don't want to cut the process short because i see the fruits of it and I see who I'm becoming. And man, I don't I don't need I don't need people to tell me something is happening because they weren't there to, to help me get here. It was God. You know, like I don't know. I just I need my small community and I need God. Like I don't I don't want I don't need the whole world to know what he's doing for me. Him doing it for me is enough. That's what I'm trying to say. Um anyways, so the Bible is divided into like kind of categories in le less than it is divided up into chronological order. Because if you read, for example, Psalms, you know that some of the Psalms were written by King David, right? But then you get to a part in the Bible where in Kings, I think, King David dies. Then we go into the stories of Aboma. We go into the stories of like Prophet Elijah, Elisha. Ba, ba, ba. And then you go into Chronicles and then Chronicles start talking about King David again. Then you realize that this thing isn't in chronological order because it can't be because some of them are written by different people and some of the things they write overlap, you know, so it's not in chronological order, but it's more organized in terms of topics and what each like books have reason for being Genesis speaks about the origins of the world and the origins of the Israelites and the God's chosen people. Then, then we have books like revelations which speak about how the world will end. Then we have books like Mark, Matthew, and John, which speak about the, the, the eye, which are the eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ and his ministry. And they talk about his life, how he lived, how he was born, you know, what his ministry was about. You know, we have psalms, a collection of poems and um, um, prayers. And, you know, we have Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and Job, which are wisdom literature, which are books about wisdom. And we have, you know, so you see, I get you get the theme, you get the point. You know, these things have topics that divide them up 
less than they are divided. They are not, yeah, it's more about the topics that divide them up than it is about the timeline. But the timeline is still respected as much as it is possible, except for the parts where these things overlap. So anyways, um, excuse me. So anyways, now we are entering a new year. It's the beginning of a new year. It's still January. Personally, guys, Mina, for me, it's still it's still happy new year until February. Even February, in fact, it's still new year. If I want to start new habits and new goals and all that, I'm rightfully in my I'm in my right position to do so. Okay? No one can judge me for still being on some new year, new, new, new type stuff in February because in my mind it is still it is a very fresh year we're only two months in so it's still new but anyways um before we can ever step into something new we need to let go of something old and this is something this is a theme we see with god specifically we see that god believes this because of the way he speaks and commissions people within the bible when god is speaking to pro the 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 prophet Samuel, or what was Samuel's title? I forgot if he's a prophet or a priest or... Uh, I know that he's a judge. I forgot what judge, what judges are. But he is a judge, you know. But the prophet Samuel, let's just call him the prophet Samuel, <laughs> um, is commissioned by God to go and anoint the next king of Israel. And in the present time when God is telling him to do so, the current king is the first king of uh, Israel, and that is King Saul. But King Saul just messed up, you know, and God is like, this man disobedient. I gave him direct orders and he didn't listen. So I have found a new king for myself. And then now God is telling Samuel, go anoint my new king, you know. But first, this is what God says to Samuel. How long will you mourn over that which I have rejected? And first and foremost, guys, yeah, like, yo, we, we are not going to go forward so long as we're still mourning that which God has rejected. You thought maybe you were going to, maybe you thought you were going to finish a degree last year. Maybe you thought you were going to matriculate last year and you were going to pass. And then you failed. Or maybe you thought you would have been in a relationship. Or maybe you thought that relationship was going to lead to marriage. Maybe you thought, you know, there's so many expectations. We might be mourning stepping into a new year. But this is God's question to all of us as we begin a new year. First Samuel 16 verse 1 says, How long, this is God speaking, How long will you mourn that which I have rejected? You don't realize that your plans for your life, God has rejected them. And for so as long as you are still mourning them, God will step back and wait for you to finish mourning those things before he can start doing a new thing. 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024 are all the same. The only difference is what are you going to be willing to let go of and stop mourning over for us to start stepping forward with God. And for you to step forward, you're going to have to stop grieving those things. They failed. You got to let it go. You know, you got to trust in God that what's ahead of you is bigger than what's behind you. And what's ahead of you is more powerful than anything you think you have left behind, you know? And if you're still mourning your past, man, there isn't, there isn't a future. You can't have a future while you're still mourning your past. You need to really let that go 
you know. But anyways, after this, this is what this is what God says to Samuel. Fill your horn with oil and go anoint or oh, and go to the house of Jesse where I have chosen for myself the new king. So listen. The 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 first step, stop mourning, let it go. Second step, take that oil which you used to, which the same oil you poured on King Saul, the same oil, the same vigor, the same zeal, the same energy, the same time, the same money, all those things you used to pour into the old thing, the same, all that stuff, all that oil you poured into your old relationships, into your old ambitions, into your own plans and your own ideals, all that stuff you poured into, the, the oil you poured into the wrong places, take your horn now. Fill it up. So as the year is beginning, this is what God's saying. Fill up your horn, your, 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 your horn. Like align your plans with his, you know, like put yourself ablaze, get yourself fired up and prepared to go, to go pour yourself out in the areas which God has called you to do so, you know, like prepare yourself, fill your horn with oil, get ready for what's ahead of you, you know? Um, so this may look like, like for some of us, it might be fasting, you know, giving God a closer ear. It might be, you know, I don't know what it is for you. I believe that the greatest teacher we have is the Holy Spirit. And I think you should ask him, how are you supposed to fill your, your home with oil? But then once your, your home has been filled, step into the new commission of your life. Let go of the old thing, you know? Let it go. We're done with that. For now we need to step into the new thing. So now you have filled your horn with oil. We're stepping into the new thing. Let's go do that with all that zeal and zig and vigor and energy and power. Let's put it into this new thing God has ahead of us. So the verse I was trying to remember, I think I should pause because that verse is actually so part of this thing. And I don't know how I didn't write it down. Let me pause. I'll get back. Okay. So the verse is 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 and it reads as follows listen to how beautiful this is listen to how beautiful this is and take it into the perspective of your life right verse 17 therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the old has passed away so firstly what the definition of new this is this is the definition according to this verse of 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 new creation right so for for new creation to begin New creation starts with the old has passed away. So for the new creation to come, the old needs to pass away first. Then, behold, the new has come. This means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new has begun. Oh, guys, like this verse makes me realize that like in a way, you know, that other verse that says, Death is gain means so much because like the way I understand it now, after this past season where the Holy Spirit has just been like ministering to me and showing me these verses um, about new newness, né? I just realized I, that verse, I see it in a completely different way. The verse that says um, to us believers, death is gain, you know, so like, think about the things in your life nah, that brought you to such low points that, you know, for me, it was a addiction to explicit content. Nah? 
And that brought me to such a low point that I was like, yo, God, I, at this point, I might as well die. Because this thing, I'm so bound to it. And, you know, I'm asking for death, you know. And in the Bible, we see multiple people who go through these experiences. Because to us who walk with Christ, death is gain. Um, look at um, Jonah. Many people don't know this, that, but Jonah at some point in his life prays to God and says, I'd rather die. Basically, that's what he says. Look at the prophet Elijah, the man who called down fire from the sky, who, who stopped the rain. That dude, right? Even him. At some point in his life, he was like, I got, I've had enough. I want to die. You know, but like, I just think, you know, yeah. But when I, when I look at this, the death is gain. Look at Paul when he, when Saul dies and then Paul is born. When Saul dies, not the King Saul. I'm talking about Saul the apostle who will write like 14 books of the new Testament, that, that, that Saul who was killing Christians when he, the Saul died and Paul was born, you know, we need a spiritual death for us to step into, to be born. You know, you can't be born twice. You know, we have to like, kind of like that, that verse in, I think it's Luke where, where Jesus is telling the crowd that they have to be reborn to enter, to enter the kingdom. And then someone asks, does this mean I have to crawl back into my mother's womb? No, it means you have to die. That's what it means. And when you read, oh guys, I'm sorry for being so ecstatic and energized and stuff, but like, I kind of feel rushed because I know I have so much to say and I haven't said anything from like my notes and I'm already rambling on. I think this is going to need a part two <laughs> in the next week. But for now, just hear my points, hear my points. That man asks, should I crawl back into my mother's womb? But no, that Jesus says, oh, the expectation that Jesus comes with is that we die. He says, Jesus comes to the scene and he says things like, <clears throat> um, look at Luke 14, for example, the cost of being a disciple. Ne? And tell me that doesn't look like spiritual death. You know, he made it so clear that we have to die to our old selves in our old lives. He says things like, um, unless a man dies and picks up his cross and follows me, he's not worthy of the kingdom. And then he says things like, unless you hate your mother and your, your father and yeah, things like that. And then you realize we need to die. We genuinely need to die and we're not going to live until we die. So firstly, we have to let go of the old thing before we can step into the new thing. But now, I want to present to you guys that there's a whole book in the Bible. Remember I was talking about how books have topics? There's a whole book in the Bible that speaks specifically about exits and leaving things behind. And this book is called Exodus. Some of you might already know this, but the word Exodus means exit. So this is the book by which we will be guiding the next couple of episodes because i'm left with 10 minutes i can only say so much in 10 minutes about this book but this book genuinely speaks about exits and i want to start in exodus chapter one and in exodus chapter one i'm not going to read these anymore because time eh? but in exodus chapter one we read the story of how um the sons of jacob firstly joseph joseph goes into egypt because he was sold by his brothers back in Genesis. He was sold by his brothers as a slave and he became an Egyptian slave. And then he, was, he worked his way up the ranks. And then 
um, Potiphar's wife lied and said he tried to rape her and then he was sent to prison. And then when he was in prison, he used the gift that God had given him to interpret dreams and he was faithful with that thing, even in the bad season, even in, even that's a whole word. That's a whole word, but I'm not there. I'm not there. He, he uses that gift and that same gift will then lead him for, to an opportunity to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh and that would set him free. But not only will it set him free from prison, but it will set him up for the next season of his life because now Pharaoh basically hires him as like the minister of agriculture for Egypt and Egypt knows something the rest of the surrounding countries or whatever don't know because of Joseph and because of Pharaoh's dream so they know that there's about to be a famine in the land so before the famine comes they stock up food and they prepare for the famine and when the famine does come they are all loaded up and fired up this is this is another this this also talks about the thing i was telling you about in first samuel 16 verse 1 that said fill your horn with oil this is the same kind of thing this is like it's similar you know but anyways they 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 stock up on food and then when the dry season does come when the drought and the, the famine does come, when the famine comes, not the drought, when the famine does come, other nations come to them. <sighs> oh my gosh. Other nations. I'm getting a whole new revelation on this. We're not going further than Exodus 1 today. Other nations come to them and then they are, uh, <sighs> my gosh, speak Lord. Other nations come to them for help and they buy um, food from them, you know, but Along the way, the people Joseph basically had died to his family, the ones who sent him away and abandoned him and sold him to slavery, his brothers come, come looking for food and they don't even recognize him. Nah. Oh, guys, I'm tearing up. They don't even recognize him because he's a completely new person. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh. They don't even recognize him because he's a completely new person. And... They want to buy food, right? But um, because it's there's a whole nother story. But like, what what's touching me right now is the realization that how much this mirrors the thing I was explaining about spiritual death. Joseph was basically dead to his family. the The old lifestyle he lived was a complete distant past. Something it didn't even, the, his past didn't even recognize him anymore, and. Now, when his past was finally ready to also step into the new thing, when his past was also step ready to step into a new life, when his past needed something from him, he was in the position because why he had been set apart from his past. He had been set apart from the people he once knew, the spaces he once knew, the environment he once knew, and all those things he was he was taken out of it by the hand of God because God is intentional. And he says that my plans for you are to prosper you, not to harm you. And then in Revel in Romans 8, 28, it says, for I have good plans for you. No, no, that's the wrong one. That's, that's 29, 11. In Romans 8, it says that um, you work all things together for the good of those who love you and those who are called according to your purpose. So God, this whole time, knew why he separated him and knew why he, he pulled him out of that space. And the more he was taken into isolation, 
<laughs> the less he needed to depend on himself, the more he died to himself. And this is exactly what I was saying about me wanting some space and me wanting to leave you all for a while and disappear. This is exactly why. Because I need I need time to do what Joseph did. I need my time where it's just me and God. And I am incubating. But anyways, so then, back to Exodus. Now you know the backstory. Um, so when Joseph, when Joseph's brother do come, they Joseph eventually tells them, "Yo, guys, it's me. I forgive y'all. Y'all meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. This is all connecting. Y'all meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, and then He forgives them. And then he, he instead of just selling them food, he invites them over. He says, "Y'all can come stay with me." I'm like a prime minister around here. I rule these streets, you know, because I've been a faithful steward of the little. This little Nyana gift that y'all took for granted, this little Nyana gift that y'all laughed at me for and y'all sold me into slavery for, this little thing is the reason I'm way up now, okay? And because he was faithful with the little, God entrusted him with much. So he forgives them and now he's the prime, he's like a minister and they all moved to Egypt. And then this is how the Israelite people ended up in Egypt to begin with. Then Joseph and his brothers grow up, die. Their children grow old and they multiply in the land and so on and so forth. And then at some point, the Pharaoh who knew Joseph and who made Joseph uh, like the minister and trusted him to handle the, the food and the, the resources of Egypt died. And a new pharaoh came into position. And that pharaoh didn't know Joseph and didn't know Joseph's family and didn't know nothing about what Joseph did for Egypt. And he didn't much care, right? So when that pharaoh came into power, he decided, hey man, these people are multiplying too quickly for my liking. And I think they're going to take over. You know, I think we should get rid of them before they join with our enemies and conquer us in our own land so this pharaoh then decides to make them slaves and try to abuse them and make them live miserably so they can't multiply any longer and eventually they'll die out but that failed that plan that he fails you know because god engineered something into his people i don't know what it is right but they are like the burning bush that moses will later see they are they are, they are put on fire but they're never burnt out you know they are ignited <laughs> but they are not consumed by their ignition. So anyways, then eventually um, they multiply and they just become slaves. And these very slaves then are the ones we read about in Exodus. These are the very slaves that we know God split the Red Sea for and lead them out and so on. But now here's what I want to talk about. The Pharaoh. This, is, this was the message for today. This is what I wanted to talk about. Pharaoh, number one, knew Joseph. You know, there's certain things in our lives. Né? We came to them when we needed them, right? And think about your life before Jesus. I think about my life before Jesus and before, like, giving him the time of day to really speak to me and minister to me and work on my heart. I think about um, the fact that Apart from Jesus, I didn't have a comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, right, before him. So, obviously, I needed other crutches. I needed vices. I needed the porn addiction. I needed validation from the world. I needed approval. I needed all these things because I was an orphan. 
I didn't have a father yet. No, I'm talking spiritually. I'm talking about God. I'm not talking about a physical father. I had a father. I still do. Thanks. Praise be to God. But I'm talking on the spiritual plane. I was an orphan, you know. But then it makes sense for me to have needed all these things because I needed a way to cope. You know, you can't really blame someone who had no other choice. And I didn't have another choice because I didn't know Jesus yet, you know. And that's why in that season, the addiction did help me. The approval did help me. It was useful. That Pharaoh was useful. That Pharaoh did help me. He carried me through the famine. He carried me through the part of my life where I didn't have bread because they were in a famine, meaning there was no food. And I'm not talking about physical bread. I'm talking about the bread of life. I didn't have the bread of life. So because I didn't have the bread of life, I needed to rely on other breads. I didn't have, um, in my opinion, guys, blue ribbon is the best bread in South Africa. You know, that's the best bread. Yeah. So me, I needed to rely on brown bread, Albani, you know, or brown bread, Sasko. Sasko looks not nice. I don't know. <laughs> You know, or phantom, I needed to rely on, you know, something else because I didn't have the bread of life. So I had to go to alternatives and corrupted things. And if you really think about it, this is the whole story of the whole world. This, the devil made us orphans. He took us away from our father. And our, our first parents, Adam and Eve, failed us and they led us into orphancy because now we were separated from God. And while we were separated from God, not knowing that we do have a bread of life somewhere out there, we started leaning and seeking other things. And then we were lost. But now, um, we didn't know we were lost until we realized, when we at the point where we realized that these things aren't serving us anymore, when we come to Jesus and when we find the true bread of life, we know that, wait a minute, wait a minute, this relationship was actually toxic because now we do have an understanding that this is not how we are supposed to be treated. So now when the old Pharaoh dies, it's like, wait a minute, this new guy is kind of abusing us and he's making us slaves and whatnot. And so the reason, the, the, what I'm trying to say is there's certain things that have served you in some point of your life that don't serve you anymore and you need to let them go certain addictions, certain people, certain spaces, certain conversations, you know, you got to cut it off because it's not the Pharaoh you once knew anymore. You know, you knew the Pharaoh that, that, that saved you and protected you in the famine, you know, but now you have real bread. You have a real hope. You don't need that dude no more. Get out of there, you know, and if you don't get out of there, he's going to make you a slave. And he's going to imprison you and you're going to have you bound up and he's going to have you in shackles and in chains and you're not going to break free because just like um, there's a pride that comes with thinking that you can shake yourself free. And this is the same pride that led uh, Samson to his death. You know, when um, Delilah wakes him up after betraying him, Delilah wakes him up and he's like, oh, babe. Babe, they're coming to kill you. You know, okay, this is my, my, my mind. This is the Lunga mind translation. Babe, babe, wake up. The, the Philistines are coming to kill you. <sighs> Don't worry. I, I ain't scared of those losers. You know, I'll just get up and shake myself free. This is a loose translation of what he said, right? But he said that. 
you can look it up. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I will shake myself free. And that pride is the very reason why instead of running he, he away from the thing, he ran towards it. And there's certain things, as, as strong as you think you are and as tough as you think you are, don't try to fight them. Resist. Flee. Don't fight those things. Kill them. You know? We have to have cowardliness in a certain type of way. Like, for example, with me, I'm scared of spiders, you know? And then on, there's no given day where I will, like, give a spider a fighting chance, you know? If I see a spider and it's in a position that I feel like I might miss it if I try to hit it with this shoe, I'm not going to, I'm going to leave that spider alone. I'm going into a different room. But if I see that spider in a position where I can kill it, that's exactly what I'm going to do. No hesitation. I ain't even going to take a picture. I ain't, I ain't going to do nothing else. I'm going to kill it instantly, you know? And that's how we need to be with sin. And the past things and the former things, we need to be like that. You need to kill them right where they are. And if you feel like you, you're not in the position where you can kill them, run. Because you're not, <laughs> don't have the pride to think, hey man, I can tussle. I can go a few rounds with, with sin. You can't. You can't. You can't. You ain't, you ain't, <laughs> you ain't going to go a few rounds with sin. Your self-discipline, your self-will, your willpower, weak. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Weak. You know? So... Don't try. <laughs> Guys, this episode feels like a joke, but I'm so free right now. I feel I feel like whoever this message is meant for, they're going to get exactly what I'm trying to say. They're going to get exactly where I'm going with this because the Holy Spirit is speaking, guys. Let's just be honest, you know? He cooking. But for today, guys, ne? I'm going to leave it at that. That's all I have for today. Um, let go of the old Pharaoh. I know... That thing might have served you in the previous season, but this isn't the season for that. And before I close, um, I want to close with a prayer. You know? Yeah. So wherever you are, just close your eyes. Or if you can't close your eyes, just like be in the prayer element with me. But dear Heavenly Father, eternal God, thank you for yet another beautiful day that you have given us. Thank you for the privilege to step into the new thing. But before we step into the new thing, Lord, we are praying for courage to let go of the old. We are asking, Lord, that you help us to get over our old expectations, our old dreams, our old vices, our old pharaohs. We are asking, Lord, that you help us to stop nurturing emotional attachment and emotional attachments to things that you are done using and to things that you are over with. May we align our minds and our hearts with you so that whatever you are done with, may we be done with. Whatever you are over, may we be over. And we pray, Lord, that may no bondage hold us in this year, but we want to walk in true freeness for your, your very word says, which you in which said, nothing returns to you without accomplishing what you have sent it for. So that very word says that... <clears throat> Whom the sun sets free is free indeed, and we are they whom the sun has set free. So we pray that this year may we experience that freedom, that freedom indeed, and freedom abundantly. In the name of the almighty Yeshua HaMashiach, I pray and ask all these things. Amen and amen. Yeah, guys, that's it for today. I will catch you on the next episode, whenever that is. But... Yeah, peace out.